Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hello, thanks for downloading. This is the Brum Radio Comedy Show from Thursday, the 9th of January 2020, hosted by me, James Cook. What we've done is we've taken out all the bits that we're not allowed to put in it for legal reasons and left the rest so you can listen to it. Enjoy! Well, hello everybody. It's the Brum Radio Comedy Show with me, James Cook, back again for our difficult second show. Uh, thanks to everyone who listened to the show we did in December. We've decided to do more of them, or you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Loads of stuff coming up on the show today. It is early January, traditionally the busiest time in the world of comedy. So God knows what we're going to talk about today, because that's what this show's all about. It's all about the Birmingham West Midlands uh, comedy scene, celebrating the people who make it up, the shows that go on there. Uh, and we have, incredibly, we have got plenty to talk about, including exciting news for a couple of our acts uh, who have got uh, a very exciting opportunity coming up in the next month. We'll tell you all about that in the comedy news in a little while. Also, should the technology work and... It, there's no reason why it shouldn't. The technology will work. Let's be positive. It's a new year. Uh, if the technology works, we're going to be chatting to one of the biggest names in live comedy, uh, not only locally, but uh, nationwide. Uh, Paul Smith is playing at the O2 Academy tonight with his show Following. If you've not heard of Paul Smith, it's because you haven't been on the internet, because that's where he lives. We're going to be talking to him a little bit later on, and talking about uh, New Year's resolutions as well. My New Year's resolution is to shout more about the fantastic uh, comedy scene we have here in the Birmingham West Midlands area, uh, and part of that is doing this radio show ag again. Monkeys! On Brum Radio with Do I Have to Do This All Over Again, uh, a song for people who've made promises to themselves this uh, new year and then they've realized they have to stick to them i'm james cook this is the brum radio comedy show and uh, we'll start off uh the first show not only of the year of course but of the decade with a bit of comedy news i mean it would be good if we had some kind of news music here we don't we'll work on that we'll get news music okay bits of comedy news for you uh first of all uh gus khan's man like mobine is returning for a third series and there's going to be a special preview screening at the glee club uh, on the 21st of january uh, there's also going to be a q a after the screening with some of the show stars i imagine gus will be one of those you'd feel short showing it otherwise uh, tickets are going to be allocated by a random draw they say, but it's not actually random because I happen to know that 80% of those tickets are going to be given to people with Birmingham postcodes. So if you've got a B at the front of your postcode and no other letter there, uh, you've got a good chance uh, of getting one. See? See Sutton Coldfield? I told you it was worth it to keep that B there. I know like you like to pretend you're not in, in Birmingham, but you are. Uh, now, you can apply for tickets uh, through that uh, the BBC website. you just got to search for the shows and tours. But applications close at 10am tomorrow. I know that doesn't mean anything if you're listening again to this on Mixcloud or on the podcast. Uh, I mean on 10am on the 10th of January, so Friday morning. So if you're listening to this live, brilliant. You've got, a, you've got longer than absolutely anyone to apply for tickets to go see uh, the Man Like Mabine special preview at the Glee Club. So get on that. Now, also in the news, I don't know if you remember, fans of the show, and I know there are uh, thousands of you already, people who hang on my every word, 
uh, will remember that in our first show back in uh, December, we spoke to Kieran from Good Kids, local comedy musical uh, double act, and uh, he he dropped this rather intriguing hint. We've got something very exciting in the pipeline for February, but I can't I can't reveal it at the moment. But keep oh, an eye on our socials. Can you give us a clue? Oh, can you give um, Jesus, Kieran? We have been asked to perform in an exciting live show. That's all I'll say. And literally an hour after the show went out, the embargo was lifted and uh, it was revealed that the Good Kids are going to be in the Leicester Mercury Comedian of the Year uh, show. This is a very prestigious event, part of the Leicester Comedy Festival. Previous winners of it include Johnny Vegas, uh, Jason Manford, Josh Widdicombe, uh, Ramesh Ranganathan and many others. Now, no West Midlands act has won it, since Joe Enright won the very first ever one in uh, 1996 when she was just six years old. And uh, no Midlands Act, in fact, no West Midlands Act uh, has been in the final since Ben David's in 2010. So this is absolutely fantastic that we've got an act in, uh, in the final. But we haven't only just got one act in the final. We've got two because joining Good Kids will be the West Midlands' very own uh, Eric Rushton. Hey, Eric Rushton. Hey, Eric. So congratulations on being in the Leicester Mercury comedian competition. Yeah, nominated for uh, my skill and my craft on stage. Okay. With a laugh. Um, look forward to it. What did you have to do to get in that? I did nothing. They just came to me and they said, do you want to be in it? <laughs> and I was like, I feel rude to say no. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to say no to and that? Loads, loads, of, loads of big people have won it before. Yeah? You heard of Ramesh Ranganathan? Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Josh Widdicombe as well, I think. Josh Widdicombe. Have you heard of... Joe Enright. Yeah. Was one of Tom the first, Rosenthal. One of the first winners. So I could um, potentially have their career. Yes, that'd be good, yeah. wouldn't it? Have you got a living parent that you could go on travel adventures with? <laughs> yeah, I could. My mum's always saying about that, actually. She goes on about how comedians, like when they get famous, they do loads for their mum. Russell <laughs> Howard, Ramesh. Yeah. So it's quite a lot of pressure, actually. Yeah. I feel like the winter of her life is yeah. <laughs> is hinged on um your her retirement plan. Yeah. I have to do well. She always goes on about me buying her a house. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. You got to write some have you house ever, buying jokes. Have you ever bought your mum a house? No, she already has one. So I, I got, I got rent, quite lucky yeah. there, so it should be the other way around, shouldn't it? Well, your mum should have to buy you a house. I mean not have to, but <laughs> if anyone's going to do yeah. it. Come on, Mum, do some jokes. Yeah. Then you buy a house. I think she'd be good, but she, she, she's not disciplined enough. She won't work her way up. So do you, are you going to have to do any uh, preparation for this uh, show? Are you going to be... Um, no, well... Just be gigging as normal. I try not. I don't want to put too much pressure on myself, really, mm. about it. Just do your normal stuff. That's the best you can do, isn't it? You can't really think about it too much. Is that, is that how you'd approach it? I'd tell people that was how I was approaching. But you'd be stressing. Internally, I'd be I going I think I'd be mental. stressing, but I don't know if there's any real preparation I can, I can yeah. do beyond just doing... Internally, I'd already be deciding how to spend the prize money. Yeah. And then it would crush me when I didn't win. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> so is, don't do that, is, is comedy point. worth it in the end? Because success stresses you out, doesn't it? I don't know. I haven't had any. Yeah. I look up to you. Oh, thanks, man.
That was when I caught up with Eric earlier this week after the new material night at the Good Intent, uh, as the Useful Idiots new night uh, at the Good Intent in Birmingham and the Great Western Arcade on Tuesday. We had a lovely time uh, and a nice conversation afterwards, um, and then it started getting deep, so I, I haven't played that bit out. But good luck to both our acts, Eric Rushton and Good Kids. Uh, I think they've both got uh, an excellent chance of bringing the title home. And once again, putting uh, a West Midlands comedian's name on that prize. I think that's a good thing. Coming up, talking to another prize-winning comedian, Josh Pugh, about his New Year's resolutions. It's that time of year for comedians when we start looking ahead uh, of how our years are going to be uh, panning out. What things do we want to do? What things do we want to achieve? We make grand plans in January, or at least I do, and I don't think I'm the only one. Last year, I had all kinds of grand plans, and I did, frankly, none of them. Um, such, such as the way I think they were unachievable to be honest with you there was no way that ITV were going to give me a Saturday night primetime TV show in a year I'll put that to, to, to the side for now you've got to set achievable goals I think if you're in comedy and I've been asking on the uh, on the uh, social media I've been asking what are people's uh, comedy New Year's resolutions and it's been delightful to see there have been lots of achievable goals on there because let's face it achievable goals the more achievable. That's why they're called that. Now, on uh, Tuesday last, as I mentioned, I was at the Useful Idiot uh, New Material Night at the Good Intent. Uh, it's the first time I, I've played there. It was only the second time that show's run. We had a we had a lovely time. It's a very um, quirky venue. It's called the Good Intent because I believe um, the uh, proceeds from the bar are uh, given to charity. I don't know if it's all of them, but certainly some of them. You know, it's the, the good intent, and I, I think that's very important. Intention is very important. Uh, also appearing that night was uh, Josh Pugh, a local comedian who has been English uh, Comedian of the Year in the past. And when you do new material and Josh Pugh is on, you just know that his new material is going to be better than your existing material. So it was always lovely to see him. And I had a chat with him about his comedy New Year's resolutions. But the good intense new material nights in Great Western Arcade in uh, Birmingham on a Tuesday. And I'm here with Josh Pugh. Good evening, James. Hello. <laughs> Hello. We're on a shade long. Yes, we are. It's very nice. And what do you make of this place? Very swanky. Yeah, it's very hip. Very jazzy. It? Yeah, very jazzy. It feels very cool in here. Yeah. I feel very out of place. <laughs> How was your new material that yeah, you did? It was okay. Yeah, I was on first, so you never know what to expect. But it was, uh, it was good. Yeah, I enjoyed doing it. I got. I listen back. Well, I say I listen back. I probably won't. <laughs> I, I, this, this, I generally go off, off feel, James. I do. Yeah. If I can remember it going well, it probably. I'll do that bit again. You, you trust your memory? Trust my memory at the moment, yeah. Well, I suppose if you listen back, you have no evidence that your memory is in any way wrong. Exactly. That's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, well, we're at the start of the year, the decade. What are your comedy New Year's resolutions? Ooh. What do you want to achieve in 2020? I want to just really enjoy it. I just want to enjoy all the gigs, throw myself into the social side a bit more and just get get better, get some good new bits. Get like... better at the social side yeah, or just really comedy? Yeah, kind of, just really smash the social element <laughs> of it. Get some more Facebook friends. <laughs> no, I, just, I don't know, I just enjoy it, innit? What about you, James? What's yours? I, that's a really good uh, good aim, I think. But is it a good aim, or am I just change the parameters of success to suit to make myself feel better? <laughs> that's something you do, isn't that it? That could be uh, something you've done there. But I think that's the thing. Before you know it, you've got really good. You know, you, yeah. look, you look back, you think, well, I'm yeah. loads better than I was then. Do you think gigs? you're getting better, James? You still get better after the I, years you've done it? I hope so. 
I think so. I wish I'd recorded more gigs from the past. Yeah, but then there's just been a guy on there, he's not done many gigs, has he? Yeah, the the guy who was uh, on last in that section, that was his second gig. Yeah. And And his first gig was six months ago. And he was good, wasn't he? Yeah, he's fine. He could, like, speak as confidently as me. Yeah. He, He looked as convincing as I do on stage. Yeah. I've got more experience and I've got more a bank of material, but... The audience don't know how many gigs no, you've done exactly. when you walk on. No, exactly. Unless you tell them or... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or it comes across like, oh, that guy didn't know what he was doing. No, exactly, but, I don't, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy myself, do as many... Take every gig. Take every gig as it comes. And also just do loads of gigs. Yeah, just do all the gigs, innit, and just try different bits. Try and get some good stuff. I've got one bit there I really like about the Robin. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think that'll come, yeah. I think that'll come good. Jo- Josh Pugh's Robin joke is very much one to watch it in is. 2020. 2020, yeah. Fun. What's your goals for the year, Joe? To ba- badgering on with this radio stuff. I want to keep doing this radio show for a little while. Hopefully some people might listen to it. And uh, I want to get better at comedy. I want to start putting together an hour for next yeah. February. And for Leicester. For no. Leicester next yeah. February. If, if I'm feeling ambitious, maybe October this year. Have oh, an for hour Birmingham. For yeah. Birmingham. Yeah. And I want to not have to get a proper job. Yeah, that's what I'm... Th- so this... So what... Is it the sixth of it today? And everyone went back to work yesterday. And I didn't have to go back to work. And it's just a reminder, look. It's yeah. good, isn't it? It's yeah. sound. It is sound. It is good. Uh, Josh Pugh there. Uh, a lot of great advice there. And by the way, his joke about the robin was really funny. So make sure when you see Josh, shout at him if he hasn't done it. Go, do the Robin joke. So on uh, the social media, people have been saying their comedy New Year's resolutions. Rory Jones, hello, Rory. He's been saying that his resolution is just to keep on plugging away. I like that. That's achievable. Uh, But also to have more than enough good jokes to be able to do a strong 20. Yeah, you and me both, mate. Hannah Sylvester. Hi, Hannah. Uh, She says uh, she wants to write a cleaner set. A cleaner set. Uh, this is because people keep offering her clean sets and she hasn't really got one. I'm sure you have, Hannah. Just stop, you know, get your mind out of the gutter. That, that'll be the first step on that. Uh, Denzel, uh, I don't know. I haven't met Denzel. Uh, Denzelio, he calls himself. He says, uh, get to 100 gigs. I've done 58 so far over 18 months. I think that's a brilliant thing to try and achieve. Get to 100 gigs. Do 100 gigs a year. That's how you find out if you're any good or not. Uh, He also says, beat Spiky Mike's gong. Now, I assume that means going to one of uh, the gong shows run by famous East Midlands promoter Spiky Mike. Yeah, that's uh, that's the name he goes by. A man in his 40s calls himself Spiky Mike. Uh, he runs a load of gong shows. They're all very nice. They're not as combative as other gong shows. And uh, when he says he's going to beat Spiky Mike's gong, I imagine he means he wants to, you know, do the uh, get to five minutes without being gonged off, which is the aim of it, rather than just find Spiky Mike's gong and then hit it with a stick. You can get in touch with us, by the way. Uh, we're on Twitter at uh, Brum uh, Brum Radio Comedy. Oh, we have an email address as well because, you know, it's the 90s. It's uh, brumradiocomedy at gmail.com. You can uh, get in touch to tell us what you think of the show. Uh, if it's good, if it, if you disagree with anything we've said, that's fine as well. We like a bit of social media controversy. Uh, not a problem with that. Someone else who was hanging around at the Good Intent gig on uh, Tuesday night was uh, Danny Clives. He wasn't on, but I, I grabbed a word with him anyway. Hey, Danny Clives. Hello, James Cook. We're at the Good Intent gig. 
first gig of the year for me. You're not on, but you're hanging around. Just love comedy. Yeah, it's great, man. It's great that you've come to support people and then leave before I'm on. Uh, I haven't eaten since 12 o'clock and it's... Oh, you've got to... It's 9 o'clock now. I want this to be a New Year's resolution of yours, to start eating properly. Well, if you want me to watch your act, it's going to be a difficult combination. No, no, it's fine. You go eat. I just wanted to ask you while you're here, what are your, uh, your comedy New Year's resolutions for this year? The first one is to start every set strong. Okay. Don't go on and mess around like I yeah. love doing. Yeah. That, that is kind of your shtick, isn't it? That's I think so. I think I think you need. I've realised I need to be funny from the start. Because I. Yeah, that's a good idea in comedy. It, yeah, it really does help, doesn't it? <laughs> start strong. I think sometimes I think that I can just get away with messing around at the start, but not many people no. allow you that. No, audiences really don't have the patience for any yeah, of our nonsense, I need to, do they? I'm going back to day one of comedy. I need to be <laughs> funny at the start. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's the, a good. That's resolution. the first one. If I've got a joke idea on stage that gets a laugh, I think there's more in it. So push it as far as possible. Mine it. Mine it. So you get one topic which gets a good laugh. There's got to be more there. Why is it funny? And then you could probably get ten jokes out of one. If you've got a one-liner, it could be a story. So I'll give you an example of what I'm thinking. Go on, then. I went on speed awareness. I've got two jokes on speed awareness. Mm. But if I think, why was I there? What happened? How did I feel? I think there's about, there could be like 20 jokes. Just Rather than just moving on to another topic. Got to have the attitude of the bit's never finished. Yeah, commit to the bit. Commit to the bit. You doing Edinburgh this year? Hopefully, I think so. Depending yeah. on uh, money. <laughs> it's a lot of money. It is expensive. And I'd rather spend it going on holiday with my girlfriend. <laughs> well, I mean, comedy's important, but yeah. the balance... Do you get reviewed on holiday? By my, by my girlfriend. Yeah. She'll give you stars One star. at five. Well, <laughs> maybe Edinburgh. I don't, I'm doing a show for Leicester, which I did at the Birmingham Comedy Festival, which was good. Yeah, it did really well, didn't so, it? Yeah, I managed to. I didn't think anyone was going to come, and then everyone came, so I had to put a lot of effort in. <laughs> Damn those audiences. Yeah, making if you if do some work. If people come, I could just play battleships for <laughs> an hour, but maybe Edinburgh. Mate, I don't know. This is what's. It's January, isn't it? Yeah, you're, should, when you're supposed to make your mind up. <laughs> yeah, I probably should have thought about this more. All I'm thinking about is eating. All right, you go eat. It was lovely to talk to you. Thank you, Danny Clive. Always a pleasure, James. Danny Clive's there when I caught up with him after the Good Intent gig on uh, Tuesday. He, he was basically distracted because he was hungry, which is which is fair enough. He doesn't eat properly, as anyone who follows him on social media uh, knows. It's the Brum Radio Comedy Show. I'm James Cook. Time now to have a look at uh, some of the shows that are coming up in the next seven days, mainly nights, I'll be honest with you evenings really uh, around Birmingham West Midlands comedy wise tonight Thursday the uh, 9th of January it's uh, the regular uh, improv night at the Patrick Kavanagh in Moseley that's the Fat Penguin Improv Armando Diaz experience you can go along and see some improv comedy there and it is free to get in uh, so hey that's a bargain uh, also happening tonight is uh, the Hollybush in Cradley Heath the famous Open mic night, that will be running as per usual. It's January, isn't it? It's the, the stalwarts are still here doing their shows. And we've got to wait for the flyby nights to start showing up later in the month, I think. Uh, on Sunday, Project Mayhem Comedy at the Church Inn. Shams a man's night here. He's a ball of energy. Uh, I believe Hannah Sylvester is appearing, as well as many others. That'll be a good fun night. Hey, it's called Project Mayhem. You know, it's going to be something going on. Uh, the Useful Idiot have their open mic nights. And now they have two every week. Monday night at the Loki Bar in uh, Edgebaston, which is very 
uh, fancy and uh, the good intent which we've been talking about uh, all morning so far that is in Great Western Arcade on uh, Tuesday night and that was they had a good turnout last week uh, for the uh, what was it the 7th of January so uh, they've got uh, big hopes for for that being a, an ongoing thing now and both those useful idiot nights they're also uh, free entry comedy shows uh, on Wednesday at the Rose Villa Tavern in the jury quarter is the rather intriguingly titan- titled Alison's Margaret I Have Something to Tell You show. If only there was someone around here who could explain to me uh, what that meant. I'm Mike Wallace and I perform with Alison Improvised Comedy. And who or what is Alison? Um, Alison is an improv group we formed on the, off the back of a Fat Penguin improv, the improv branch of Fat Penguin. Um, we actually ordered a course together through Fat Penguin with Ben Hall and we just really liked performing with each other. We were quite fond of each other. So we decided to keep going. Why not? Why not? Why stop seeing each other and why stop doing something that was working? So that was about six months ago and we've been going ever since. I think it's a facet of comedy and improv courses that gets overlooked, the sort of social side of it. Yeah, I think for me, definitely, I made the best friends that I've ever made in my life, really, just just through doing improv and just connecting with people. So your show is called Margaret, I Have Something to Tell You. What's that all about? Um, so the show itself, it's sort of, um, I like to describe it as a Downton Abbey show performed by people that have never actually seen Downton Abbey. So we go for this ITV period drama aesthetic. It's long form improv, so it's a full length show, not just sort of like little games. And um, so, it's, so it's sort of intended to be a theatrical production. But um, the first line of every show is, Margaret, I've got something to tell you. And then based on an audience suggestion, we'll then go into some sort of dilemma based on, uh, based on that. So if people are coming along to see the show, what don't you want them to suggest? Uh, honestly... I'm I'm sort of quite happy with everything, really, with anything. Um, I think improv groups in general, they don't really like very rude or very crass suggestions. It just gives us nowhere to go from there. Like, if someone said a rude words, like, how do you top that, really? But honestly, I'm, I'm, I'll take any suggestion. I won't, I'll never say no. We'll just, we'll just do it anyway. You'll always say so, yes always, and. Always say yes and, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Just remind us when and where your show is, please. We're at the Rose Villa Tavern on the 15th of January and it starts at 7 o'clock and it's absolutely free. And we've also got a Coventry Improv joining us as well, so they're going to be coming up to uh, do the headline act, as it were. Thank you very much, Mike. So there you go, there's details of all the sort of free and open mic nights that are happening around Birmingham in the next week. We're going to be looking at what the big clubs have to offer as well and talking to someone who's going to be appearing at one of them. Uh, fascinating conversation with an act called Dominic Frisby, who's had one of the most uh, varied uh, stand-up and uh, other careers uh, in comedy. We're chatting to him after some Teenage Fan Club. Start again, Teenage Fan Club on the Brum Radio Comedy Show. I'm James Cook. We're looking ahead to all the comedy that's happening in and around Birmingham and West Midlands in the next seven days. We have covered off the uh, open mic shows, the free entry shows, all of that. If you've you've missed it, you can listen again to this show, by the way, on Mixcloud. Just go to brumradio.com. You can find out all the details of that. There are also plans to start podcasting this. 
I don't know how it works. We've got special wizards who are going to work on it and make it all brilliant. But uh, also happening in the next week in uh, and around Birmingham, the big clubs are back. The Comedy Loft is on Broad Street on Saturday night. They've got a uh, very strong lineup. Alistair Barry, John Gavin, Brendan Reese, Danny McLaughlin as well, who's one of the, if he's comparing, he's one of the best compares around. The Glee Club, of course, will always run. We always know that. And uh, Brum Radio's very own Andy Robinson's Comedy Comedy Carousel is tonight and at the weekend they have uh, Edinburgh Comedy Award nominee Chris Washington, Ben Norris who's one of the best um, live acts around, uh, Esther Manito and uh, Dominic Frisbee now Dominic Frisbee is an act with an incredibly varied career that includes stand-up characters being in a sitcom with Davina McCall true, writing books about Bitcoin and being the voice of a racing car now, I spoke to Dominic and started by asking him how he got started in comedy. I wrote a song in 1997 called The Upper Class Rap, and I thought it was a, basically a posh bloke rapping, and I tried to get it released as a Christmas novelty single, because in those days Christmas novelty singles were a thing. And I phoned up my friend who I was at university with who'd become a music agent, and I thought he might be able to help me, and he said, oh, go and do it at my brother's club. And his brother was a chap called Malcolm Hardy who had a notorious club in Greenwich in South East London called Up the Creek. And open spots could come on Sunday nights and if they were any good, they got a booking. And I went and came and did an open spot at Up the Creek, not realising that it was a famous, you know, graveyard for open spots. And I watched the first half and even the paid acts were dying. And then the second half began. The open spots went on just after the interval and the first open spot went on and he was a chap called... Hovis Presley, now no longer with us, sadly, and he used to do these very kind of lyrical Lancastrian, I think it was Lancastrian, might have been Yorkshire poems, and uh, they were sort of rather beautiful and, and very sardonic and very funny, and I could see how funny he was, but they were not having this sort of lilting northern accent in south-east London. South-east London was a lot rougher then than it is now, and they just absolutely destroyed him, but because he was very good, he carried on, so this sort of duel emerged, and it they were just screaming and screaming and by the time he was eventually booed off it was then my turn to go on and do my first ever gig and Malcolm said here we go right the next act's a mate of my brother's here he goes and so I went on stage dressed in my then flatmate's pinstripe suit and I went on and said hello hello everyone and did this sort of upper class rap and the gods were with me that day and uh, it went down extremely well and they honoured their promise which is to give you a paid gig so the following Friday I got a paid 10 and that went very well and they said we can't believe you're doing a paid 10 which is only your second gig and so they gave me another paid 10 I got going very quickly quite successful without ever properly learning my craft but that's how I got started in stand-up by accident it was maybe two or three years after that where I met you and I started booking you for the gig I ran in Moseley yeah uh, the comedy cav which you must have done two or three times at least fantastic gig Uh, it still runs you know as the fat penguin comedy night on a wednesday and it was kind of the tail end of there being more variety acts characters and people doing comedy set pieces that's the kind of stuff that you did 
Yeah, I just always found that stuff much funnier. And uh, so I did this comedy song, the rap, and I did that for a couple of years. But the problem was it, it never changed. It was always the same, exactly the same every night because the whole thing was in rhyme. And so it got quite boring quite quickly. And for some reason, the act would either storm it or die a total death. Every time I went on first, I would die a total death. And then people wouldn't book me anymore. And I could see the work disappearing very quickly. So I wrote new acts. And the next act I wrote was called Ludwig the Bavarian, which was a, a B Bavarian slap dancer. Um, and I, I played the sousaphone, so I had a big sousaphone that I came on stage with, and I dressed in lederhosen, and I was looking for slappers to join the team. Very funny. And it was all in German, of course. And that was quite <laughs> funny for a bit. And then... But then the problem was real Germans joined the UK circuit and it sort of made my cod German act look a bit ridiculous. Yeah, if you were on so with I, Henning Vane. Yeah, exactly. So I sold, I sold a few of my jokes to Henning and moved on from that one. <laughs> so then I did another one called Morris the Morris Dancer, which was quite funny. But I always liked sketches and I remember doing an act, particularly going down very well at the comedy covers. I used to do the whole first three minutes of my act was just me holding up signs and doing a dance to a Mambo song and holding up stupid signs. Beckhill does that, something similar now. Yeah. I mean, hers are much more artistic than mine were. Mine was just done on my computer. But, but So I just always used to like doing left-field stuff. But then all the clubs kept going, yeah, yeah, but we just want, we just want straight stand-up. We just want straight stand-up. So I literally stopped doing all that left-field stuff and just became a compare in order to make myself more employable. And I did that for about ten years, and then in the last two or three years I've got back into doing songs again. My spiritual home. And you're going to be at the Glee Club uh, this weekend... Yeah. Uh, what are you doing there? Are you doing songs? Well, I'm comparing it, but I'll slip in some amusing songs in between the acts. So I've got two or three songs. I've got a poem that I do to my son. There's a lot of repeated use of the C word, but it's highly <laughs> amusing. It's, it's a poem. You know how Rudyard Kipling wrote the poem If, you know, for his son? And this is a poem that I've written for mine for the day he comes of age and wonders how to make something of his life. And it's basically be a C. And then you look through all the successful people in the world and the one thing that they've got in common. Common, <laughs> is the C word and that, that I think that'll go down well in Birmingham I always find Birmingham very responsive to anything slightly surreal and exposing bollocks anything that <laughs> declares the established thing is bollocks Brummies tend to like yes we do we love exposed bollocks <laughs> will you be doing songs from your uh, libertarian love song show I probably won't I'll tell you why because it was quite political that show in a good way but the country's so divided at the moment between Brexit, leave and remain, and Tory and left and right, and all those things. And I'm basically an anarchist in my philosophy, uh, and so I believe in no government whatsoever. But for some reason, people have confounded believing in no government to being extreme right. So I tend to do that to crowds that get it. And I don't want to split the room 50-50, so I'll, I'll, well, I'll 52, do... Well, 52-48. Well, exactly. I don't, I'll do less divisive stuff, <laughs> I think. Have you heard somebody does a joke? that which is i'm not going to do material about brexit because it's too uh, tribal and too divisive uh, which football team do you support <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course there's a, a parallel universe where you'd be in the government right now oh yeah because <laughs> you were for like five minutes you were going to be an mp well no yeah like i've been very badly smeared with this <laughs> what happened was when the whole thing of this was like march and the European elections came along. I voted leave. You know, I'm a very much a believer in removing as much government as possible. And I, I, the reason I voted leave is to basically remove a layer of government from our lives. But when it looked like 
the whole thing was going to be undermined and then the European elections came along and then the Brexit party arose. I applied to be an MEP for the Brexit party and they said no, at this stage in our involution it would be too risky having a comedian and we just wouldn't make us look very good but when the election comes you can be an MP. So I said okay fine and I duly forgot about it. And then um, when Edinburgh happened, they suddenly said, oh, yes, and the MP for Bexley, which is the next constituency for me, is Dominic Frisby. And so I said, OK, that's fine. But it was Edinburgh. And you know what, how desperate you get in Edinburgh. You do anything you possibly can to get publicity <laughs> <laughs> of any kind. So I said, yes, yes, fine, that's fine, I'll do that. Without looking at the logistics, and my ex-wife's very ill, so I basically bring up the eldest two kids myself, and there's no way I could bring up my eldest two kids and stand in a fight of general election in the autumn. So I, like, within about two days I stood down but everyone reported that I was standing and nobody reported that I stood down and then it's amazing like uh, I was playing in a game of football the other day the comedians football and there was an argument about a decision and Nish Kumar just started screaming at me about having having to own my decisions because I'm standing for the Brexit party. <laughs> and I'm like, f***ing hell, Nish. This was like four or five months ago and it was only like a two-day thing but it's amazing how people just cannot forgive you. Did you throw a and bread roll at him? It was before <laughs> bread roll gate, but had I had one. Uh, but anyway, let's not talk about Brexit because um, sorry. I, I've already lost half the audience. <laughs> <laughs> of this radio show? The, of the ones who were going to come to the Glee. <laughs> oh, they'll come anyway. Can't yeah. afford to lose half the uh, listeners to this radio programme. Have you got, got, is it an odd got, number or an even number? I've already got two. Oh, OK. Is it true that David Hay is your brother-in-law? Well, I was married to his sister, okay. so technically ex-brother-in-law. You know, my son works for him, and I, you know, I see him all the time. We speak all the time. You ever done any boxing? Yeah, I have, actually. I was the 1991 British Open Martial Arts Tournament winner in the welterweight division, and I've got the trophy in my loo. So it's martial arts rather than uh, boxing. But I only won because... It was a bit like the scene in the karate. I was doing it's a thing called Tai Chi pushing hands was the discipline. And you stood on a raised platform. The object was to get the push the other person off the platform. So it was it was and you could use whatever martial art you liked. And so people from all different disciplines would, would fight in this in this thing, pushing hands. And um uh, it was like in the scene in the Karate Kid, you know, when there's like... I remember there was, you know, all the different teams. There was guys walking around with British Olympic team on the back of their tracksuit. There was another group of guys all in judo kits. There was another... And this is before I did stand-up. It was the first time in my life I'd ever gone to the loo and actually pooped myself with fear. Obviously, it happens all the time now you do stand-up. <laughs> but before then, it was the only time. And it came to my weight class, and nobody else turned up in my weight class, so I was the winner by default. <laughs> British oh, well champion. Done. <laughs> <laughs> well done because I was going to say you know if anyone uh, if anyone gets a bit heckly at the Glee you'll be yeah. able to uh, deal with it but obviously it's only if they don't actually show up <laughs> if, if someone like sends a telegram of a heckle yeah you'll be able They're to dead. deal with them they are dead <laughs> I'll email them back you can see Dominic comparing at the Glee Club this Friday and Saturday night coming up we'll be talking live to one of the biggest comedy names in the country Paul Smith and I'm delighted to say I'm joined now on the phone by none other than Paul Smith. Hello, Paul. Hello, James. Are you okay? Yeah, I am. I'm now now that I know that technology works. I'm absolutely <laughs> delighted. I don't mind telling you. Um, so you're in Birmingham tonight. I am at the uh, O2 Academy. Is it O2 Academy? I want to say. Yeah, the O2 Academy. Have you Check played? Really. Have you played there before? No, I've never played there before. I mean, uh, yeah, we did the uh, we did the we did the Alexandra Theatre last time, uh, for the first Birmingham show of this tour, and then uh, we're doing the O2 Academy. 
Yeah, which is, uh, I mean, it's traditionally a music venue, the O2 Academy. Yeah. They have had comedians on there before um, and everything. So they, they're all, have you done a lot of music venues on your tour? Uh, yeah, we've done pretty much every type of venue. Um, yeah, it should be fine. Uh, <laughs> there you go. It's awesome for about six months. It should be fine. It should be fine. It'll all be good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be. Birmingham audiences are always good stuff. That's good. We like it when people pander to us. Uh, <laughs> absolutely keep that up. So you say you've done all sorts of venues. Have you done any weird ones on this big tour of yours? Weird venues? Um, no, not particularly because we... I'm blessed to be at the a kind of the stage when I'm doing like between maybe like between 500 and 2,000 seaters for most of them. So most of those venues are pretty good. Some of the audiences have been weird. Blackpool, <laughs> like black the end of the, the end of the pier in Blackpool attracts some uh, very very interesting individuals. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the venues themselves are always good. Because you're sort of well known for your crowd work, so in in those big venues, does is the crowd work? How different is it to do crowd work in, um, in those places? Obviously, it's a little bit more difficult than doing it in the in the uh, hot water because hot water is such a tight intimate room. Um, but it's not as difficult as I thought it was going to be going into last year. So I was a bit worried to be honest. But yeah, it's always fine as long as you can. I got used to kind of. I'm quite good at re repeating what people say and trying and keeping everyone on the same page because I do it for the uh, the videos that go online. So, yeah, as long as you as long as you bear that in mind and kind of try and keep everyone on the same page, you're always all right. Yeah, and you, and that's how you sort of rose to fame, isn't it? The uh, the online videos. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, what what I think is really interesting, Paul, and I haven't told you this is, um, you, you know, I do sort of comedy courses and things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when uh, what what often happens is early on. What it'll be, it'll be usually a bloke will come up to me, and they'll be all like secretive and everything, and they'll go, "Have you have you heard of Paul Smith?" <laughs> and I go, "Yeah," and it's because you've come through the internet uh, that people think like you're theirs, you're kind of their special sort of undiscovered gem, and of course, yeah, there are thousands cool. and thousands of people who think that because you haven't come through the traditional methods of of, of TV and and Edinburgh. Yeah. Nice that though, isn't it? I, I enjoy that to be honest. Yeah, you've. I mean, you've cracked the code, mate. You have. You, well, I you... mean, I can't. I can't take full credit for that. <laughs> I think. I think the boys at Hot Water cracked the code, and I was just fortunate enough to be there. Well, yeah, but if you didn't have it, it, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, it? yeah I suppose so. It's all very well then putting the crosses into the box, but if you can't head the ball, there's not going to be a goal. Cheers of footballing. That was very, very profound. Thank you, mate. Thank you. That's what I do on the radio. Uh, so your show is called Following. What? Why? Why is yeah. it called that? Um, so because you, I mean, you know yourself. You know when you're writing a show for the next for the next year, you've got to name it before you write the show most of the time. <laughs> So I try and keep the name ambiguous. So I thought it can either be about my, like my loose idea when I started writing it was about kind of having an internet following, but I hadn't really written any material for it, and it hasn't turned out to really be about that. So I thought if it doesn't end up being about that, I can just then say, oh well, it's the following tour. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, it was a it's a it's a loose ambiguous title. Um, yeah. It's it's really hard when you when you pick a really specific title, you kind of really constrain yourself to what you can talk about, and I don't like that really. Okay, so have you got any ideas for the next tour yet? No, and it starts gonna, in May, so you're just gonna <laughs> pick rifle through the dictionary and stick your finger in yeah, it. Yeah, I might call it the third tour. <laughs> wow, where'd you get that name I from? I just, 
I don't think anyone really like because like, my first toe is called Hi, your mate, because that's the thing people think I made Hi, your mate up, like saying hello to people on stage. People think I made that up for some reason. So uh, everyone goes, Oh, you're the fellow who says Hi, your mate, what do you do? Um, so I thought it'd be funny to just call it Hi, your mate. Um, so that one kind of had the purpose, but it's ambiguous enough for me to talk about anything. So yeah, I'm still thinking about the title for the third show. I'll come up with something better than the third tour. Yeah, and I didn't like your reaction to that. And because you're so known for your uh, crowd work and everything and all those fantastic videos, um, do people come and come and want to sit at the front and want to be part of the show yeah. now? It, that's, that's one of the... I mean, it's not... People definitely try to get the front, which is weird because I've done, I've done hot water for 10 years now and historically up until about two years ago, it was, it was really difficult to get anyone in the front row. You had to really cajole them to sit there. And now it's like people fight for people are like people try and pay extra for the front row, which we we, which we don't do. Um, and it's the front seats are always the ones that go first in the tour shows. Um, and people get really upset when they like they send me messages and like pick on John and he's like you know like a two thousand seater and he's at the back of the upper tier and you're like ah, it's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> How am I supposed to find a John in two thousand yeah. people? <laughs> yeah, because they can't give 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 Julie a shout out and you're like ah, I can't do that. Because, like, what will happen is I'll shout out Julie. Julie will panic because she doesn't know it's there, Julie. She won't say nothing back, and it's just a weird lull yeah. in the show. Or you just have... every Julie in the room yeah. just goes, I'm Julie. <laughs> and then it's just, I'm Spartacus, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, it's a nice <laughs> problem to have, I should imagine, Paul. Yeah, it, it is, it is. Well, um, you know, it's uh, the stuff you're doing, you know, as I say, without telly, and uh, is absolutely fantastic. Have you been offered any any, any regular TV stuff? Um, no, not really. I mean, I haven't really made any efforts to get it. I just, I, 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 I've got no problems with it. To be honest, I've got no problems with uh, any of the, any of the TV people or the or that kind of route. I don't think it's a bad way of doing it. I just think that, I, with, with the stuff I do, it's not really um, doesn't really lend itself because a lot of the stuff I do. Like, the only people who have approached me and they do approach me every year, and I think they approach every comedian in the country, is Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. That, um, why would you do that <laughs> when the auditions are held in smaller <laughs> venues than you're playing anyway? Mate, mate I know. And also, like, <laughs> they, they make me laugh because I, I always, every year I say the same thing to them. I, I'm not suited to it. I might, like, what, you look at my videos and tell me what I can say in three minutes on ITV I, and from prime time. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, we were wondering whether you could write some more BGT friendly stuff, and I'm like, well, no, that's just pointless, isn't it? Yeah. It's just absolutely a waste of my time because then you choose whether to go through or not. And if if I do go through, then the best case scenario is I I I I, I, I end up with fans that turn up at me to all shows and then go, oh, he's filthy. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that is a problem. But if you got offered like Strictly, would you do it? <laughs> I would 100% do Strictly. Oh, excellent. That's good. So now there's the chortle headline for tomorrow. Uh, what about the jungle? Would you do the jungle? No, I'm, I'm squeamish with bugs. Don't like that. Okay, so yeah. dancing, fine. Eating kangaroo's testicles, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, dancing. I wouldn't do the ice one because I'd end up really hurting myself. Yeah, that looks dangerous, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, Paul Smith, terrible. thank you so much for talking to me today and being on I the Brum Radio Comedy Show. All the best for the show tonight and your tour starting thank in May. Thank you very much, mate. Yeah, man, I'll catch you soon. Paul Smith there on the... What, what a coup that is for the Prom Radio Comedy Show. Only our second show as well. Go and see some comedy, guys. It's uh, the funnest thing you can probably do with your clothes on. 
Well, there you go. That was all right, wasn't it? That was the Brum Radio Comedy Show. Uh, it's going to be back live 11 o'clock in the morning next Thursday. You can listen to it through brumradio.com and that way you get to hear all the music we play as well. Or if you feel like the music was sadly lacking, you can check it out on Mixcloud. Also go through brumradio.com to, to listen to that. Uh, otherwise, download the podcast again next week. Or if you really want to, find the studio and come and sit in the corner of it and then you'll see it all happening live as well. There's lots of different ways you can consume the show, not all of them uh, entirely legally. Uh, until next time, ta Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.